Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On TCU. I am at Simcox Stephen on Twitter. So, funny story. I left for, uh, I guess, sort of a vacation. I'm down here in Brazoria County, Texas, with my wife and her family for a couple of days. We're doing Christmas with her side of the family, as we traditionally do the week after Christmas or week of Christmas, whatever it is, after Christmas Day. And it's it's about four hours from where I live. Yesterday, I got two hours down the road and discovered that I had left my laptop bag with all my equipment and editing software and recording software and those kind of things. So for the next couple of days, it will be audio only. Sorry to the YouTube audience. I will get up and going on YouTube again next week. And apologies for that. It's just how it worked out. Can't really do anything about it. By the time I realized what had happened, there was really no turning back. So I'm sorry. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours. I hope you had good time with family. You enjoyed that um, break, what I hope was a break for you and your family. And as we get back into a rhythm and look forward to uh, basketball season ramping up here for TCU Athletics and TCU football continuing to go in off-season mode. I'll be here with you uh, five days a week, most weeks, and excited to do that as we embark on a new year in 2024. Um, I wanted to start today, though, and, and just discuss this episode is going to be three things that are still on the TCU football Christmas wish list. So we're past Christmas now, and honestly, like the first section or first window of the portal is slowing down. So TCU is very active those first couple weekends, got a lot of commitments, especially on the offense and defensive line. Also landed the guy that I think was probably their biggest target, or at least the player they were in talks with for the longest period of time, had their eyes set on for the longest period of time, and Eric McAllister, the Boise State wide receiver. Um, also landed Caleb Alarms or linebacker from Cal late in the process who had a really good career there and was the leading tackler for the Bears this past season. Um, they landed Donovan Saunders, a corner from Cal Poly. They landed a number of offensive linemen led by Bliss Harris, who was, you know, starting left tackle at Florida State the past few years. Uh, was kind of in and out of the lineup with injuries, but is very talented Great size. Also landed Remington Strickland from Texas A&M. Um, Cade Bruno from La Tech. Uh, and, and others along the offensive line. They're going to help this team. But what's left? What are the things that TCU is still searching after? Whether that's player personnel, coaching staff changes, coaching staff shifts, whatever the case may be. What are the Frogs looking for? I think it starts with... Uh, Mando Bull reached out to me on, on Twitter, and my apologies. I don't know what your name is, sir, but you tweet at me frequently, and I appreciate you listening to the show, watching the show, interacting with us. And he was wondering, okay, what's what's the word on quarterback? Because the quarterback room, as it stands right now, Josh Hoover, I think, is your presumed starter at the moment. He played the last six games of the season. Behind him is Hoss Haney who will be a true freshman and will be enrolling early and going through spring camp with the Frogs. And that's it as far as, as, far as scholarship quarterbacks go. That's a pretty thin room. And so 
there was there's been a lot of discussion. Okay, who do you add? You need to add one more player potentially. So what type of quarterback are they going to go after? And I explained last week my thought about their approach to this situation is I think they're they're approaching it like an NFL team that feels like they have a clear established starter. And so you're essentially shopping in the portal for a backup quarterback. You're looking for someone who's a veteran presence. You're looking for someone who uh, can pick up an offense quickly and handle a lot of the mental aspects of the game. And somebody, to be frank, who is probably okay sitting on the bench for the majority of the year, but at the same time, if something happens to Josh Hoover and they're thrust into action, you feel like you can put a game plan together around them to allow the team to still be successful. You're not just completely isolated or your season's not totally upended because of an injury at QB. And so Jeremy Clark reported uh, this evening, and I'm recording this on Tuesday night, that TCU has offered Ken Seals, who is a veteran quarterback who spent the first three years of his career, really four years, but one of those years was uh, completely wiped out by injury at Vanderbilt. He's from Azle, Texas, so he's a local product. Last season at Vandy, he played in six games. He completed 58% of his passes for 1,183 yards, 11 touchdowns, and four picks. For his career, 60% completion percentage, 4,292 yards, 28 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. Funny enough, his most impressive season was probably in 2020 when he's a true freshman, and he started pretty much the entire year. Threw for 1,928 yards on 64% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, 10 picks. 10 picks are a problem. For his career, it's a little alarming that he has 22 interceptions. But Ken seems to check the boxes for a lot of what TCU would desire in this role at quarterback. It's not somebody who's going to make a huge splash in the headlines. I'm sure there will be a lot of fans that are kind of confused. I do think it's intriguing that he's not known as somebody who protects the football because in most cases for this type of role, that would be one of the main things you're attracted to. But I'll say this, the hard thing with the quarterback position in the portal is if someone's in the transfer portal as a quarterback, nine times out of 10, it's because they want a starting job. And frankly, they don't really want to have like, a big-time competition with somebody. They, they see that as a risk. Maybe they don't want to be guaranteed the spot necessarily, but there needs to be a pretty clear path to them taking the majority of the snaps in the upcoming season. And for TCU, that's just not the case. I mean, I think Josh Hoover did enough last year that he at least earned the ability to be kind of the incumbent going into the season and I feel like his it's his job to lose, not that he's above and beyond you know, reproach or that they couldn't make a change if somebody came in and just blew them away, but it feels like 
it's his job if he wants it and if he plays well in the offseason. So this is the type of player you're going to be searching for. And I tried to frame it in this way last week. You have to consider, okay, we're, we're now dealing in college sports with a salary cap to a certain degree. And it's honestly kind of unfair because everyone's dealing with a different cap. Everyone's resources are kind of all over the place. It's always been that way in college football, but it's more pronounced now because instead of raising money and donor support for facilities, you're doing it to directly, I guess not directly because it's still not going through the university, but in a roundabout way, you're paying the athletes. And so you have to think about how do you want to allocate those resources? And it seems like TCU this offseason is approaching this, at least on offense, from the perspective of we think Josh Hoover can be a guy that we can win games with. So we have to find players on offense that fit what he does well. We need to rebuild this offensive line and get it to a place where it's much more competent in 2024. We need big-time wide receivers on the outside that give us a threat for a vertical passing game, which we didn't have last year. Go and get Eric McAllister. Go and get Drake Dabney at the tight end position. And we're making a change on defense because we have to be more aggressive on that side of the ball. We can't just sit back and let quarterbacks pick us apart. We have to be better, more opportunistic, force turnovers, for short fields, put our offense in advantageous situations by playing well on that side of the ball so that we can give Josh Hoover something to work with. And in Ken Seals, you are getting somebody who I think checks a lot of the boxes that I was talking about. Now, I'll close with this. For whatever it's worth, I think the staff is really impressed with Haas Haney. And Sonny Dykes, I saw Ray Cartwright, who covers the team. I believe he's still with Frogs today. If I'm getting that wrong, I'm sorry. I know he's with Frogs today for, for, for a few years. And he said that, you know, Sonny was asked about Haas potentially pushing Josh Hoover for that starting job. And he said he wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. So they think Haas can get it done. And he was really impressive in high school, and I think he's got the tools to eventually be a very good quarterback at the college level. Now, my thinking on this has been pretty consistent. I don't think it's a good idea if he has to play the majority of the snaps as a true freshman because just usually true freshmen are not ready to play. It's nothing against him personally. And I think for the the health of the program long term, it would be great if he could just have a chance to sit for a year and digest some things and figure things out. Now, he's such an athlete. I mean, I do wonder if, I don't know if it's a special package or it's just situational, but I do wonder if there are scenarios where he plays next year at times to try to get the offense jump-started or give a new look to the defenses that TCU is going to play. And Tommy Fisher mentioned this, and he listens to the show and always gives great feedback. I think it was about the Cordell Russell situation, but it was like, you know, 
in today's college football world, there's not a lot of sense in redshirting people. Now, we still see rare cases where it happens, like at Texas and Arch Manning's case, his family was pretty adamant that they would prefer a situation where he didn't have to come in and be a savior right away. They wanted him to have time to learn the ropes and have a year where he could just kind of figure things out. And so I don't know what conversations have been had behind the scenes, but his point was was a good one in that, listen, the bottom line is we can lament it, but the world we're living in now is one where if guys don't play right away, especially if they're talented, that can put them in a situation where they think they have to bolt almost immediately after one year. And so I think that could be a good way to bridge the gap, but the coaching staff is not going to do that if he's not ready, and we'll see how that all plays out. Bottom line is, it comes back to this. You want to have more than two scholarship QBs on your roster. Now, they got away with it this past year, but there were a few, I mean, they're basically, there were three or four weeks in the season where if somebody fell on Josh Hoover in an awkward way, or came through unblocked through the A-gap and lit him up, and he ended up getting hurt. There weren't really any options past him. It was Grant Tisdale, who had kind of bounced around and hadn't played a whole lot in his career. And, like, that, I mean, that was about it. Maybe they had an emergency quarterback, so oftentimes you'll have great athletes in your program that maybe played quarterback in high school. Maybe they were working some reps there, but they survived that. They didn't have to go to the you know worst case scenario where you have your third string guy or maybe an emergency QB situation. But point being, that's not a a way you want to live year in and year out. And so I think this makes sense, even though it's not a name that's going to jump off the page. I mean, Ken Seals has had production at the college level. I feel like that would be a good pickup. Coming up, I've thought about this more, and I think TCU needs to add a running back. I'll talk about it more next here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. I do want to mention FanDuel, though. NFL season is, I mean, it's wrapping up quickly. Not wrapping up the regular season, I guess I should say. Playoffs are coming up soon. But this is a perfect time to jump in on the action I mean, there's crazy upsets every week these days. I'm in a pick and pull with some friends, and I've had a rough few weeks. Chiefs go down again to the Raiders. There's games like Thursday through Sunday now. So go to fanduel.com slash lockdown. Put down a $5 money line bet. If you hit on that bet, just $5, that's all the investment you need. If you win that bet, you'll get $150 in bonus bets. $150 worth of money that you can spend just for hitting on a $5 money line bet. They also have an app that's super easy to use. You can buy it on parlays, just you know, regular spreads. You can make prop bets, whatever the case is. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn or the FanDuel app. Check it out today. Official betting sponsor of the LockedOn Horn Frogs and proud sponsor of uh, the NFL. Back here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Uh, so our, our second thing on the late Christmas wish for the TCU football team, Amani Bailey's headed to the draft, which I don't know how unexpected that was for the coaching staff. It was a little unexpected for, for me. I think Amani could be successful at the next level, and I'm never going to bash somebody for 
you know, going, trying to go pro and make it happen. Like, that's a great thing. I I hope you're super successful because that means good things for TCU. But your running back room at the moment, Cam Cook, who will be a sophomore this upcoming season, um, Trent Battle, Trey Sanders, Corey Wren, a couple of talented freshmen in Jeremy Payne and Nate Palmer. I think TCU needs another running back. When this initially happened, I was like, yeah, I think it'll be okay. And listen, I'm open to the idea that Cam Cook can get in there and take the reins and get it done. I hope that's the case. But man, I just, it's hard to even project it because in some ways it's similar to this past season. Monty Bailey wasn't someone who had a ton of skins on the wall, but at the same time, like he was a change of pace back at Louisiana that did a nice job of finding the end zone. He comes to TCU and yeah, a lot of his running was in garbage time. It was when the game was in hand, but he showed that great burst, that great athleticism, that next level speed that as a feature back this year, he put on display, like he showed those traits and, and there were flashes of, man, this guy can go. Like, he's got some juice. He can really get it done. The questions I had coming into the year with Imani were, okay, can he do the little things? Can, can he step up and pass protection and make plays? Is it going to be reliable catching the ball in the backfield? Is he, is he a true three-down back? Because the situations I had seen him featured in in his first year at TCU, was just kind of mop-up duty, and you saw, I mean, you saw that home run ability, but could he get those tough yards? And honestly, he excelled at those things. I mean, he was great at turning a two-yard loss into a three-yard game by just finding a seam and putting his head down and getting positive yardage. And those are, I mean, those are really important things for a running back at this level. So I'm just not sure if Cam can do that. Um, you know, Trey Sanders is is a guy that I feel like is effective in short yardage. There were times where I wanted to see him on the field more in those situations, but he's still, you know, trying to come back from that car accident from a few years ago. And again, maybe that's just an issue of time. Like maybe this off season he can continue to get right and get to a place where he's more available next year, but I, I just, I don't see him as an every down back either. And then I think Trent Battle and Corey Wren are somewhat similar. Now I've always had uh, a fascination with Trent Battle just because I feel like good things happen when he touches the football. Oftentimes it's kind of catching the ball in the backfield, kind of being a scat back if you if you want to call him that, but someone who can make plays outside of your traditional just running between the tackles. And I would like to see him get more opportunities, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like the staff trust him in that way yet. So there's just a lot of question marks in this running back room, and I think you need one more back. Now, does it have to be somebody that's going to get 20 carries a game? No, not necessarily. But someone who can support the rest of the room while the coaching staff kind of figures out, okay, who can do this, right? Like who's going to be the guy? Let's, let's give them time to get that going 
And uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I think TCU needs one more back in that room to solidify things. And so quarterback and running back, what about the defense? We'll break that down in a moment here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Speaking of talent acquisition, you know, getting the right people for your business, getting the right people for your team, it, it can be a high-stakes wager. It doesn't have to be, though, with LinkedIn Jobs. If you are in charge of hiring at your small business, there's pressure there. I mean, you want to get the right people there that fit your culture, that fit your identity as a business, but that also are just, frankly, good at what they do. And LinkedIn is a place to go because, as I've said before, I mean, as far as brand name goes, nobody has more reach than LinkedIn. Everybody knows what it is. If you're looking for work, it's the number one job posting site in America. Small business is rated as number one. And 80% of small businesses get qualified candidates who are interested in their job listing within 24 hours. So you can really cut back on the time of searching for a good pool of people to pick from with LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs slash locked on college. Post your job for free there. LinkedIn, they're the place to go when it's time to hire. LinkedIn jobs, proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. So defensively, what is still on the wish list? They've added some edge rushers. Cooper McDonald from San Diego State. Devon Deal, Marcus Steele's brother from Tulane. I mentioned Donovan Saunders earlier, the, the corner. J.C. Oliver, the safety from Tulsa. In my mind, for this defense, you need one more guy in the interior of the defensive line. Dominic Williams, Caleb Fox, Tymon Mitchell have been solid at times. And... It's it's clear that like there's there's an emphasis on getting better at that defensive end slash edge position, and I've discussed this since Andy Avalos has been hired. He is he is really elite at finding ways to put good pass rushers in one on one situations. So for for the last few seasons, have you been frustrated with why are we not getting a pass rush? Why like why is there why is there no push? Why is there no pressure? Why are quarterbacks just staying there all day? Hopefully that's gonna change. Avalos likes to bring defenders from different angles. There's gonna be a lot of special blitz packages. Um this stud linebacker position, which is essentially a stand-up defensive end that's gonna be rushing the passer. There will be more aggression on this defense. You need bodies in the middle that can be disruptive. Got to stop the run. I mean, it's imperative. And it, it's difficult to do this. It's not like, like I say this like it's an easy thing. It's not the most replicable thing in the world, a repeatable thing in the world. Because if it was this easy, everybody would do it. But you look at Texas this year, there's a lot of reasons why they are at the level that they are now. And they're finally living up to the preseason hype that has been associated with them for a long time. Quarterback plays better. Quinn Ewers has improved a lot. They've got some great skill guys. Offensive line is fantastic. But in my mind, the biggest thing is they have two studs in the interior of that defensive line, and they just blow plays up. I mean, they just get after you. 
And there is no quicker way to blow up a play than interior pressure. Like, if you're able to get pressure with your defensive tackles and stop the run, then you are going to be a really salty defense all year long. And I want to see that physicality back. I want to see that nasty streak back in the TCU defense. And hopefully Coach Avalos is the guy that can do that with his aggressive nature and what he brings to the table. We'll be back tomorrow. Again, audio only this week. I apologize for that. But I'm tr- I'm trying to find a way to get something out there, some sort of content that's available for you guys to listen to and download. Lockdown Horn, it's your team every day.